Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. This is Sports Day. And a very good evening, David Rudy, Dan Menzel with Just Quality Home Improvements. You want to give us a call, 1300 736 736 or Texas 0427154166. A big day for Sam Powpepper. He caught four. We thought he'd get four. He got four. And he's going to be missing the first four matches of the, the uh, year for him. But on a personal note, really sad for him and Port Adelaide. But just shows you hit the head, you pay. Shortly, James Ace from Fremantle will join us for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further. For Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Yeah, four games, you predicted that, Dan, and you, you got it right. Yeah, look, it, it it never looks good. And we know now if you hit the head and it's a concussion and it's a bump and you choose to bump, it's never going to end well. And I think Port Adelaide knew that from the outset. They would have loved and hoped for three games, but I don't think they'd be surprised at four games. It's really hard now to defend it, isn't it? You go to the tribunal, what? The, the damage is there for all to see. Whether he meant it or not, does not matter. It does not matter one bit. If you're the if you're their lawyer, I reckon you're going. I'll take my pay packet here, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to actually defend anything. Well, it's probably spoken about at length with all clubs, and uh, we can welcome now uh, James Ace. Much travelled football. I can remember calling a, a premiership. He played in for Nord. I think. I, at the age of 17, Aisha, very famous name here in Adelaide, and it'd be nice for James to come back. They play Port Adelaide on Friday. James, how are you? Hey guys, yep, going well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you. You like to come back to Adelaide? Yeah, it's always great to come back. Um, last year getting to play at uh, Nord Oval was pretty cool. And then um, <laughs> obviously Friday night we'll be at Alberton. So it's been a while since I've been there, but yeah, always really good. Yeah, very famous name at the Nord, the Ace name. Hey, you might have heard the intro, but uh, Power Pepper gets four games. Uh, he obviously didn't mean to hurt and it's a footy collision but how much do you put into that how much you're told about that about hitting the head because it's a big penalty four matches yeah I think I heard you say um yeah he, he didn't mean it but he sort of um can't <laughs> defend it too much and I guess that's the reality now they're making it quite clear um about yeah sort of any impact to the head so um that's yeah that's just how it is and I think players generally can adapt pretty quickly so um, I'm sure there will be the odd time here and there, which obviously, as players, we don't want to see or or do either. But yeah, um, yeah hopefully everyone can adapt adapt quickly, which I think it's sort of already starting to happen. Yeah, it is going out of the game. You you taught to 
tackle if you can and maybe even corral rather than just bumping. You lose a bit of control, don't you, when you bump somebody? You're not sure what the impact's going to be. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, just as a as a team, we do have a, a fair focus on tackling because obviously you can sort of well, ideally win a free kick or get a stoppage for the team. So there's a benefit um, in that compared to just a bump, you know, that sort of uh, doesn't immediately gain anything for you. So I guess just from that point of view, yeah, we, we put a lot of emphasis on, on tackling. And yeah, like I said, we're sort of pretty um, clear with how it's looking and just yep. any impact uh, you sort of can't do too much about it now. Now, James, you're 28 years of age. Are you feeling old? You're playing in one of the youngest lists in the competition. You played the fourth most games at the club. Still got plenty of time left, but uh, it must be nice the exuberance and the energy that the younger guys are bringing at training. Yeah, there's definitely both sides of it. Even today, we had to line up in a handball game, oldest, youngest, <laughs> old second in that group. So, <laughs> Every now and then, it's a it's a little bit of a shock, um, but yeah, like you said, it's uh, it's it's really fun, and also just seeing seeing the younger guys um, progress and do cool things out on the field, it's it's awesome. Um, yeah, it makes the long the long summer training a bit easier as well. Um, but yeah, it is a really exciting time for the club. Um, yeah, I think we've got a really great group. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's always fun, and, and hopefully we can uh, develop together as a team. Yeah, it is no doubt exciting with the young guys coming through, and we'll get we'll touch on a few of them in a second. But just on you personally, how has the preseason been, and will we see you a bit more on the halfback flank this season with potentially a couple of moves uh, inside the centre square? Yeah, preseason has been pretty good for me. Um, sort of the last couple, I'd missed just a few niggles, um, a fair bit of the summers. But this year, um, yeah, mostly pretty good. So that's um, yeah, hopefully holds me in good stead for the season. Um, and it has been a pretty tough preseason as well. But uh, yeah, I've sort of have been looking personally to play the half back a bit more, which is something I'm really enjoying. And um, yeah, clearly it sort of opens up Hayden Young to hopefully get a bit more midfield time. Um, and he, yeah, he's just a really big body and uh, also having a left footer in there just as a little point of difference as well. Yeah, our guest there is James Aisha. Aisha, you always thought too that you had, you were very good in a run with role, not necessarily a hard tag, but you've you've stood some really good players over your career and, and curtailed them. Is that is that something you enjoy, just to run around with some of the you know really good players in the comp? Yeah, well, often I just enjoyed. Yeah, it sort of got me a chance to to get a bit more on ball. So that was one way to look at it. Um, but yeah, clearly the good players in the comp, um, they sort of they're smart. So they know where to go to get the ball. So you're always in the action. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, just sort of if you can stay switched on and um, sort of keep track of where they are, you often find yourself in good in good spots as well to try and impact the game. So yeah, the times. When I got given those sort of roles, that's how I tried to play it. Um, so, yeah, potentially that could still be a thing. But, um, yeah, Hayden Young, who I mentioned, is uh, sort of uh, drafted as a defender. So he sort of has those qualities as well. So we've got a few options now. We look at your side and you look very strong in defence. You look pretty good too in the midfield. Goals have been the problem for Frio. The, when you look at over, you haven't been able to get the sort of young Jai Amos last year kick some nice goals. But have you got other options? Lockie Schultz has gone. Uh, Michael Walters has been a, a goal kicker for years. But just 
another big guy than get out there and kick a few goals for you. Yeah, that has been a big talking point, and um, yeah, obviously you always hear the sort of mid-forward connection that gets thrown around a lot these days, and that is something we've definitely practised a lot, but clearly Jai, we think he's a really, really good talent, um, and yeah, he showed last year he can score in uh, many ways, so he looks like he'll continue to do that. Uh, he's mostly has paired up with Josh Tracy, who's another young yep. key forward who yep. is looking really strong and fit. So he's quite, um, yeah, well, a really good competitor for us. And then we've sort of got Luke Jackson and Matt Taverner. So, yeah, we're, we're actually quite optim- optimistic what we've got up there. And then uh, we feel we've got some pretty dangerous small forwards as well. So, yeah, it's sort of it, it is a whole team thing, that sort of connection. And hopefully our midfield can be on top and keep the ball in the forward line, which gives opportunities. So, um, yeah, we're pretty optimistic, but it's certainly something we're trying to um, improve on. So you speak about that midfield and we're told you live with Nat Fife. Is the hype on Nat Fife real? Is he playing inside this year? It looks like that potentially might be what we'll see at Albert and Oval on Friday night when you take on Port Adelaide. What can you tell us? Yeah, well, he's trained midfield the whole summer and um, in all our intra-clubs and last week against the Eagles, he's played midfield. So, um, yeah, I think that's how it's looking. Um, yeah, so his, body, his body's good then? Yeah, yeah, that's, from my point of view, it's definitely the best I've seen him moving and, um, oh yeah, just moving around the ground and around the stoppage. So that's been really good to see. He puts in ridiculous amounts of hours and um, things off-site to improve himself. So, yeah, fingers crossed for a bit of bit of luck for him and good fortune with the body, but he's certainly done everything and he's looking, um, looking good. How have you coped with the temperatures, James? We've seen, you know, consistently temps above 40 degrees in... In Perth, it's one of the hottest places on the world at times. How have you coped with that with pre-season? Yeah, that's sort of uh, the first few weeks in January when we came back from Christmas was pretty <laughs> tough. That was probably our biggest training block and the hottest time of the year. So, um, yeah, we're looking at it as an advantage and hopefully it holds us in good stead. But certainly it is pretty gruelling. Um, it's starting to ease off a bit now, so hopefully... Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got the the positive effects and can you now get into games. Paynham, Norwood, Brisbane, Collingwood, Freo, it's been an incredible career. Is home always going to be Adelaide, you think, once you finish, you'll be back here in Adelaide? Uh, home's definitely still Adelaide, just clearly family's there. And, um, yeah, I always love coming back. But, yeah, honestly, no idea where I'll end up. I've I've met a lot of really cool people <laughs> Um, and great people through my football, which, um, yeah, I never know you could open up sort of doors and options down the track. But, um, yeah, I do, I do love Adelaide and, and family there makes it makes it home. Yeah, well, that's, that's great. Hey, just clear up one thing. Is it Joy Amiss or Joy Amos? What do you say? Because I've heard so many different pronunciations <laughs> of his yeah. name. Is it Amos or Amiss? I believe it's... Amos. Amos, beautiful. I... Doesn't sound confident, though. <laughs> we, need a fact, we need a fact check, though. Uh, I, I think I got it right there. Hey, James, all the best, mate. Good to see you back here in Adelaide. You've carved out a terrific career. A tournament game certainly not far away for you, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks for the chat, guys. Cheers. James Ace there, a Nord boy, playing in the Premiership at the age of 17 for Toolkit Depot. Become a Toolkit Depot trade member and get trade pricing every time you shop tools. Interesting career, 50 at Collingwood. 32 at Brisbane, now at Frio. Um, he's a survivor. And he, I think he's, 
actual best footy is when he plays the run with Bish. The good, the really good players take it to the ball. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's an interesting question you ask. Is that where he sort of liked to play? To be completely honest, I think it, the honest answer would almost be where he is now at half back, back, where you're running, rebounding. You're not necessarily back there to defend and worry about your opponents. You're just trying to get the ball. Uh, so, look, it's going to be a good role for him. The interesting points around that, too, that he mentioned, Hayden Young is going to certainly be inside that centre square. Big which is, boy, isn't he? Yep. And Sarong. then the other point with that is we know Sarong and Brayshaw will be in there. Nat Fife, if his body holds up, they're going to be a good midfield this year, and Nat Fife might be back to closer to where his Brownlow form was, which they have missed in the last couple of seasons. And Darcy and Jackson, yep. big boys. Yep. Our guests here, James Ace, big show coming up, too. The good stuff, the new refined seven-seater Kia Sorento. Kia's largest SUV available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Hot topic for Lumo Energy, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts. And you join Lumo Energy today for a brighter solution. We've got the final three ladder predictions from Dan Mentz for Nutrinex Solutions going further for Australian farmers. And just quality home improvements, the open line, as always, one 736 736 The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Yeah, good to have footy back. No doubt about that. Dan Menzel, David Wildey, Sports Day SA for Just Quality Home Improvements. Experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration. There's footy going on everywhere. We saw... The game last night, Collingwood and Richmond. Richmond started well, Dan. They, had, I think, the poor kicking early. They looked good early, and then Collingwood just sort of clicked into second and third gear, and in the end, won quite easily. They did two goals, seven. Richmond kicked in the first quarter to Collingwood, two goals, one. It was a real slingshot type footy from Adam Uzo's Richmond, and I think that's what we're going to see a lot of this year, particularly with they've got some good speed inside. Shea Bolton's going to play more inside as well. So they'll play to their strengths in that regard. But Collingwood, they controlled the ball, particularly after quarter time. A lot of their good players found a lot of the footy and a lot of marks as well. Hoskin Elliott, a halfback, at 12 marks. So that's a new role for him. That looks good. Lipinski was actually very good. He was the best player on the ground. Two goals, 23 touches, and they've spoken about his preseason has been as good as anyone at Collingwood this year after missing a lot of last season. Yeah. you um, with, um, with their rucks, I know they're not the strongest rucks, but Collingwood have got the strong guys on the ground. You don't often have to necessarily win the tap as long as they compete. They've got, you know, Dugowie can pick up the ball. Penderby's one of the very clever football. The Dacos brothers are so good. So they're... They've got options, and I don't think they necessarily have to win the, the rucks to be dominant as, as we saw last year. No, without a doubt. I think if you, again, look at the last five or six premiers, Richmond's done it with Toby Nankervis for three. Colin was done it with Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox. So if you've got a good midfield that is uh, very much connected and the cohesion's there, then definitely. And when you mention the likes of Nick Dacos, who only played three quarters last night, had 21 touches. Dugowie, a bit similar, was very good last night. Uh, so they're going to be they're going to be hard to beat again. They had 130 marks to 66 marks in this game, so that's how they want to play the Pies. They will dictate the tempo in the game. Uh, Richmond, as I mentioned, run and gun with Taranto Hopper Bolton as well. The, the impressive thing for Richmond uh, fans, I guess, was no Nan Curvis, Ram, Sam, Samson Ryan. Sorry, showed some nice things, and Sam yeah. Naismith was back. It's great to see. I played with the crayfish up in Sydney. It's great <laughs> to see him back, and he took a couple of really nice marks. Crayfish. He's kicking at goal, still not his strong point, so still got to work on that. But it's good to see him running around and, look, potentially could be playing round one or round zero because Nane Curvis was still not sure whether he'll be right. So 
Collingwood and Richmond there in the opening game of the preseason competition. Right now, Wilds, we have at the same venue, Icon Park, where Carlton trains. It's where Collingwood and Richmond played last night. Carlton taking on Melbourne. You have a score update for us? Yeah, Melbourne one one seven, Carlton one straight. Uh, still 13 minutes left in the first quarter. Looks a fairly warm day over there. And in the NBL, too, basketball has started. I know you, you love the jack jumpers. Well, they're leading 59-50. It's almost at the end of the third quarter there. So 59-50, the jack jumpers. And, uh, yeah, they could be one of the teams to beat, no doubt about that. Well, they might be the good stuff. Yeah. Which, uh, the good stuff. Moving house, use a team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental. 13, 27, 27. Get to the good stuff with budget car and truck rental. I mentioned they might be the good stuff. Melbourne finished on top of the table in the NBL. Perth Wildcats in second. They were the two clear standouts throughout the year. But Tasmania, for mine, uh, arguably as good as those two teams. I I believe that Tassie could actually win the whole thing this year. I think it's open between those three sides. Sydney take on New Zealand tomorrow night to be the fourth side in, provided Tassie go on and win, which we think they will. So maybe... Melbourne United finished on top winner, maybe Tassie or maybe SEN zone. The Perth Wildcats get the job done this year under MVP Bryce Cotton. Well, I, th- I think you think certainly got a chance, but I don't see any clear standouts. In previous years, there's always been yep. a couple of teams at the top. The Sydney have been Kings last Sydney year, Kings. last two years have been Melbourne dominant. United have been up there. Perth Wildcats in previous years, but it's so even across the board, isn't it? It wouldn't be surprised if anyone in the top, certainly top four, win. Oh, I completely agree with that. What is not as even, and we spoke about this off air, is the NBA at the moment. They've had the all-star break, which means that the trade acquisition and period is over as well, which what that means is the best teams up the top of the table are flying. They are playing some really good basketball, but the teams down the bottom are playing for the lottery pick right now. They don't want to win. They are playing 12 players for 15 to 20 minutes each, and it's not competitive in some of the games. The Bucks took on Charlotte today. At halftime, the score was 58 to 26. Right. Incredible. It's just, it, there's going to be some real one sided. points and a half. In a half of basketball. There's going to be some real one sided games we will see throughout the rest of the season. But there, there's some good sides in there as well. We know Boston are clear on top in the Eastern Conference. The West is pretty open. It's good to see Minnesota and the Oklahoma City Thunder currently leading the West. I've been to a Minnesota game a couple of years ago. Big Carl Anthony Towns. Yes, uh, Rudy Gobert's cold up there, there isn't it? Oh, it's freezing. <laughs> it was minus 20 when we were there walking to the game, but yep. incredible. Hey, just um, a quick one. Josh Giddy, whose first couple of years were outstanding, yep. looks like he's... He's taken a back step. There was some talk he'd be traded. Now, here's a guy that was considered to be one of the top young guys in the in the comp, but he's just found it a bit harder, not getting as many minutes, not being the main man. They've got a couple ahead of him now. So I hope, do you think he'll stay with Oklahoma or, or could he move? It depends on the selling point. The selling point from the team should be we are in contention to win the championship, which they are this year and they will be for the next coming year. So does he want to stay there and be second or third fiddle, which he is now because you mentioned it. Shea Gilgis-Alexander could Terrific win the player. MVP this year. Terrific he has player. been outstanding. And as a Holgram? Chet Holmgren, their centre, has had an incredible season as well. Jalen Williams is the other one who's come on. So he's either the third or fourth string now. Now, is he, we know that basketball players have egos, particularly NBA players, is he comfortable being the third or fourth string or does he want to go to a Brooklyn Nets or a Charlotte, for example, and be the one or two dog? Yeah, it's a tough one. I look at Ben Simmons, who three years ago had the world at his feet. Now he's he's just a second stringer, starts on the bench, uh, still does some nice things, still can't shoot. But, I mean, Giddy was talked up as being one of the 
the one that could do. I think even LeBron James made a comment about yeah. him in his first or second. Well, LeBron year. has about Ben Simmons as well. So, I mean, if you're the Boomers coach, are you picking Giddy or are you picking Simmons as your point guard? Uh, I think I'd go Giddy now. At the though, moment, yeah. Simmons hasn't played a game in three years, no. so it's probably fair enough. I think I just don't trust him at the moment, Ben Simmons. I think he's a waste in talent. Things went yep. off the rails Agreed. there. Hey, coming up on the show, AFL ladder predictions. I cannot wait for this 3 2 1 took it depot. Members get trade pricing. Sign up today. The hot topic for Nutrient Ag Solutions. Always hot topics on our show. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. And just quality homes too. The home improvement open line number 1300 736 736. Text Texas on 0427 154 166. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Welcome back to Sports ASA. Dan Mendel and David Wildey for Tire Power. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Tire Power, their buying power, puts the power in your lane. Well, cricket's not far away too. In fact, the test match tomorrow, Dan. I'm really looking forward to this. You'd think Australia. Just before we go and look at the test match, there was a, a report in, I think, the Australian... Pat Cummins is no certainty for the T20 World Cup. They don't reckon he might be in the best team. Now, he's getting $3.8 million, I think, in the IPL, but they're talking about Smith and Cummins. Now, Cummins is not the captain anymore. It's Mitch Marsh. Yes. So he doesn't guarantee his... You'd still play him when he's still a, a hard-hitting batsman. He's a, a good. He's a very good fielder, and he's a, he's a pretty good bowler too. I'm surprised with that, though. He's a barometer of the side. So without a doubt, we think about... In recent test matches and important test matches when Australia has required a wicket, he's the man who has got the job done. And I know that the T20 is a different format, but at the same time, if you're asking, I think you have to look at it, ask an opposition team who they don't want to face, and I don't think they'd pick anyone else other than Hazelwood, Stark, and Cummins. So I think that it's an obvious one. Absolutely, you can have a couple other guys on the squad. If that's a Berendorfer, there's someone else because he was the T20 player of the year, then they're there, but Cummins certainly has to be there. Yeah, I think so. I think they were talking Mitch Marsh could you know bowl a few overs, Maxwell bowls a few overs and that and get a few more hitters in there, but... Um, I would have thought he'd make the best 11. He's still a pretty good cricketer. He is, <laughs> without a doubt, a pretty good cricketer. And we might have a listen to him on the upcoming test series, or the two-game test series rivalry against New Zealand. You know, it feels like we're really similar. Probably, you know, the two countries are more similar than we are with any other country in the world. Um, we know a lot of their players really well. Um, you know, some, some good mates in there. So, uh, yeah, it's a... It's a somewhat friendly um, rivalry at times, but, yeah, we always want one up on each other. Pat Cummins there talking about the Kiwis and the friendly rivalry. So we know that Devin Conway is likely not to play in this game, which is a loss opening the batting for the Kiwis. Kane Williamson should be back from paternity. You'd hope so. So he will probably play. Toughen up. Which uh, means that they're not going to be an easy beat. Their their side's still pretty solid. Uh, So... If you have a look through their side, Darrell Mitchell will be there. Ravindra is on good the player. up. Good player. Lathan's pretty good. Williamson will be in there too. 
Blundell, Philip Stanton is going to be there. Um, so it does actually bode a pretty decent batting lineup. And then in terms of the bowling lineup, I believe that Southie will play. Bolt's the one who's not not in it anymore. But I think they're still going to be a solid team. What I did here today is that bowling first in New Zealand is the absolute strategy. Every team almost does it when they go over there now, which means that it's actually a massive toss to win. If New Zealand wins the toss and they bowl first, you never know what score Australia could have on a grass green wicket on day one. So it is a big toss for Pat Cummins to win. Who are the other fast bowlers for for New Zealand? Who the, who's in their squad? Is it is Milne going to play? Is uh, Jamison yeah. going to play? Yeah, I don't think Jamison will. Milne is a possibility. They have a young gun quick as well. He's been bowling um, around the one forty. Yes, yeah, so that's probably what they've been lacking a little bit. Um, Lockie is another one. There's a few players in there, so they have a number of options. It's just they don't have the balance or the absolute certainties of Hazelwood, Cummins, and Stark, and that's the difference in the sides in terms of how well balanced both teams are. I'm interested to see how Australia's batting lineup has gone because that has been the weakness, particularly over the summer series here. It's been Australia's batting hasn't been that good. Yeah, and when, when you take Warner out of the equation for the people that knock him, he's been the constant, hasn't he, for the last 10, 12 years, and he's one of Australia's best ever opening bats. Now, you throw Steve Smith in there, Travis Head is still a bit hit and miss. You know what you get with Trav, you're either going to get 100 or, or probably a duck. And the batting, and Labuschagne hasn't been in great no, form. No, he, he hasn't. His average is coming down from the you know the early sixties down to under fifty, and 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 Steve Smith, another one, perhaps not his very best. No, there's a there's a bit of pressure on Steve Smith on Cam Green at four as well. Um, so there is a bit of pressure on the Australian batting lineup in particular. I wouldn't say the bowling lineup, and again, we know it should be a good good pitch for the fast bowlers. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, how we do fare over there. Matt Henry is another one of the New Zealand quicks that you've mentioned and talked about who they actually have um, because uh, Neil Wagner retired or has retired from Test cricket. He's 37 years of age, which he is quite to, surprising. He used to bother Steve Smith, just bowl bouncer after bouncer. Not fast bouncers, but no. just left arm bouncer, bouncer, bouncer. Yep. Smith didn't like it. Did not like it at all. So it should be a good Test series. It's only a two-Test series. They, they talk about this all the time. It's a really difficult one with New Zealand with the fixturing and the scheduling and everything that happens in India. So they will see if they can change it because every single player over there has talked about it, whether it be Australian or New Zealand. Two-test series is not the go. Yeah, yeah, particularly Nathan Lyon, and he doesn't play the, the shorter form, the T20 in that, but he believes, and I think rightly so. I asked you the other day, does it matter? Does it really matter who won the T20 the other night? You forget it in a week. Yeah, There's do. so many series. You, you, you know, it's only important on the night it was a test match. West Indies beat Australia in the last test match they played, and we remember that. We do remember it. We do remember that. And one of the other reasons we remember it, and you've led me into this beautifully, Wilds, is the World Test Championship. So that loss for Australia has dropped them back to third position on 55%. India in second on 65%. And who's on top? New Zealand. New Zealand on 75%. So it's actually a very important series. We, you don't want to lose the series. It, if we go over there and draw 1-1, it's not, it's not the worst result. You obviously want to win. But if we just say we go down 2-0, we will drop below Bangladesh. We'll drop down to where Pakistan and West Indies are. And all of a sudden, it makes it rather difficult for us to actually make it back to the World Test Championship final. We will not drop 2-0. <laughs> Dan Menzel said it first. We will not. Hey, thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Looking forward to the cricket starts tomorrow. We didn't have a chance at the top of the show. The the Powell Pepper um, ban. You think it's straightforward? If you hit someone now, you get you you called four. I thought maybe three if you pleaded guilty. It doesn't work that way. Uh, Keen got hurt. 
I think players now have to they've been it's been drummed in them. I know Pal Pepper plays that way, but if he doesn't change his ways, he becomes a non-player, and uh, uh, it's a tough penalty. I mean, that would have been considered in your day, even when you started the good hip and shoulder. You yep. take someone out, probably not even free kick. Yep. Don't even free kick, but we know now about the head, all, and we don't know how Keane's going. Apparently, he was pretty sick at the time, but four weeks, it sounds a lot, doesn't it? And we spoke about what does that do to Powell Pepper's season, the fact that he's going to have to, you know, watch on the... He can train as hard as he likes, but it's not like match simulation, is it, when you're out there and actually doing it? No, without a doubt. It's completely different. You just don't get that same speed, the same everything to it. Um the other point I'll make with this is, and we mentioned it the other night, you can't intentionally bump anymore, and you shouldn't intentionally bump. If you're in the play and someone's next to you and it's a bump because yeah. that's the contest, holding absolutely. Your ground, holding holding your, ground. your ground, covering or controlling your space. But if you intentionally line someone up and bump, there's only a negative thing that can come from it because you might actually have the perfect bump and be side onto them, and all of a sudden they slip. Go down a bit. And you hit the head, and it's three weeks, four weeks. So it's uh, it's one that, yeah, it's just not going to end well if you do choose to intentionally bump. And the other thing, Dan, I don't think the average supporter knows how much power is in a is in a league football these days. I remember Mark Williams, this is probably 10, 15 years ago, or whenever he was, he was coaching longer now, and I went down to Port Adelaide, had to hold the, the bag as a player. They rolled a ball out to the big guys. Chad Corns was playing then, and... And they pick it up and bump you. And I thought, my God, I got hit by a truck then. You don't realise. And they were only taking it easy on me. It wasn't even hard. But the power <laughs> is enormous, isn't it? Oh, it is. It really is enormous. And it does. When you don't know it's coming, oh, my God, you think, what in earth just hit me? So, yeah, it's uh, it's not a good one for Sam Powell-Pepper and for the power. But what was good was their centre square work against the Crows was a real feature. We've mentioned that. Rosie, Horn, Francis, oh, Wines inside, Butters is unbelievable. It's good for Soldo and Sweet. But I guess on the flip side, for the Crows, it wasn't a great start inside the centre square. They, now, we know that they take on West Coast in the preseason game this weekend. I would have thought it was that it would be a real focus for them this week to fix up the centre square. And the challenges there against Port Adelaide and their assistant coach, Nathan Van Bello, got asked about this. We obviously got scored against on stoppage on the weekend, um, which, again, is a clear event for us for, for this year with, with one hit out. So a couple of slight tinkerings going into this week and a reminder of positioning and roles that we've made some adjustments to. And uh, we're confident that will correct itself pretty quickly. Stoppage, scores from stoppage are generally a lot quicker and easier to fix than it is from a, you know, scores from intercept. So we're... Um, yeah, we've, we've noted there's a couple of clear, I guess, uh, instances on the weekend where we could have been in better position or uh, rectified our system to make ourselves harder to score against. So, yep, that's an easy fix for us, we believe, moving forward. It's funny, Manny Nick said exactly the same thing. He said, yeah, we're, you're right, we got we got cleaned up there, but that is quite one of the easier ones to fix, get your pieces in place. And and he was also pleased that while they came in their forward line, didn't have a lot of opportunities but when they did Phil Thorpe and these guys look really dangerous so you're right Port Adelaide spanked them there but they think they can adjust and adjust really quickly yeah they do but the positive to that I guess is the form of Isaac Rankin when he goes inside the center square and what he brings and I guess one of the real really good questions that Nathan Van Bella got asked about was how much will Isaac Rankin actually play inside the center square compared to how much he will play in the forward line yeah look it gives us a different dynamic around the footy um and some quick legs to get onto that loose ball when it hits the ground. So, you, I mean, there's some clear examples in the third quarter on the weekend where Isaac showed his wares in and around the centre bounce, um, and we've seen that throughout summer as well. So 
we like what we see. Um, Scotty Burns, the forward coach, is always trying to pull him back forward and I'm trying to get him up around the footy. So we'll have a constant battle throughout the year. Um, but that's what you get when you get guys like Isaac into your footy club that can play uh, a number of different roles and impacts, I guess, wherever they go. So we'll try and find that balance with him. Yeah, VB spoke about a lot of things. Just for you, where, where do you think Jake Saligo's best position? Out on the wing still, while he's still a young man? Yeah, I would still have him on the wing. I think we're seeing more players, or more coaches actually, be more comfortable playing players on a wing and actually rotate inside the centre square at times, which I'd be happy with him doing that. Let's hear one more from Nathan Van Berlo. He's one that he, he fits everywhere, which is uh, why we love him. He's able to play ahead of the ball as a, as a high forward. He can play inside stoppage as a forward or a midfielder. And he's a more than competent winger for us as well. So um, we haven't pigeonholed Jake into one specific role. Um, what, what I've been so impressed about from his footy since he walked in the doors is that he can play those multiple roles. Um, a bit like Dorse, he's not afraid to be rolled around in game, whereas some players prefer to just stick to just play me wing and, and, and keep me there. Um, Jake's flexible mindset and ability to play those multiple roles is, is really important for us. Love him as a player. He's a second-round draft pick and uh, he's just about played every game he possibly could. So well done to Jake Saligo. Okay, here we get to the pointy end now. AFL ladder predictions thanks to Kia. These are the opinions that inspire you. Inspire me there, Dan, with your opinion there. The new refined seven-seater Kia Sorento. Kia's largest SUV available now at your nearest Kia dealer. We're getting right to the top of the tree. Well, that's We are getting to the top of the tree, the top of the table. So I've done my ladder predictions for this upcoming season. We're down to third, second, and first. So I've given 18 through to fourth so far. Again, if you want to hear who they are and the reasons why, then get it on the SEN app or on your podcast, wherever you get that. Now, I'm going to give my third, second, and first tonight. And then, Wilds, when are you going to give me your top eight? Is that coming, t- is that coming tomorrow or are you going to do yours tonight? I think I'll do it tomorrow. Because like we've, it. we've got yours all then solidified. It's, it, You'll you be know, able to pull people, mine apart. And, well, the and Crow, Crows fans have never heard so many people say, what's men's thinking? Crows <laughs> can't make the eight? Should have made it last year. But once again, you try and put in 12 teams into eight, it doesn't fit. It, it does doesn't. Fit. And for the Crows fans out there, I've got them in ninth position. So it's only just <laughs> oh, outside. And that's I've, worse. I've given my reasons why. Uh, but let's get to third, second, and first on the ladder. In third position, I've gone with Colton this season. In second, I've gone with Collingwood. And to finish the season on top of the table at the end of the minor round, I have Brisbane. Let's start with third position, the Carlton Blues. <laughs> The Navy Blues. I've got them in third worlds. Oh, I am somewhat second-guessing it, just with the injury list they have at the moment. You're trusting them, eh? The Blues, can you trust them? Well, I'll give you the reasons why. The concerns at the moment just for mine are the health of the likes of Zach Williams, Sam Walsh, a lot of guys that are touch and go for the start of the season. So if they're in full fitness, I think they'll be okay. The reason why I am trusting them, and I have them in third position at the end of the home and away season, is... Carlton's list is in a real sweet spot. It's as good a list as any at contending right now. They have 14 of their best 22 players have played over 100 games of AFL footy. There's not many other sides that can lay claim to that. 
And what that is, is it's a very similar list to Brisbane and Collingwood's team from last season. And we know they both made the grand final, could have gone either way. Their best players are also aged between the ages of 23 and 29. The only one outside of that is Sam Doherty, who's 30. So, again, what does that mean? If you look at Port Adelaide, for example, you would say that their best players are probably at the lower end of that. If you're looking at Butters, Rosie, and, and Horn Francis isn't quite there yet. And what I mean by that is it means they're going to be better in a few years' time, both players I just mentioned. Carlton's players are in their prime right now, which is why I think that they can finish third on the table at the end of the home and away season. While they might struggle, well, we've mentioned the injuries potentially if those guys aren't right. It, it's got to be they need to find more goal kickers. The reliance on Charlie Kernow was huge last year, even the year before he's gone back-to-back in the Coleman. But I think where it's really shown is in finals. In finals, if Charlie's not able to hit the scoreboard, and it's much harder to do that so as hey, a Mackay's a man, is he? Is he the one that's left? Uh, I don't necessarily know if Mackay is. No, I think it's their, their other forwards. Mackay... Mackay does need a lift in terms of actually his accuracy at goal and and kicking straighter at goal. But no, they need other guys to pop up and to be able to hit the scoreboard. Charlie Kernan kicked 81 goals last season. The next most in their team worlds was Harry Mackay with 29. Always 27, Motlop 24, Jack Martin 17, Silvani won't be there, he kicked 14, Cottrell 11, Durden 11. Those guys all need to be getting up to 20s and 30s, which is where you see the Brisbane forward line, the Collingwood forward line, if they're going to win finals, because you can't rely... If you stop Charlie Curnow, then all of a sudden they just don't have the team to kick a score. Could Orazio Fantasia come in and kick some goals it's a great, if he can get his body right? It's a great shout if he can get his body right. That's a big question mark there. We we know he hasn't had a great run at it. Look, what I like with Orazio Fantasia, I liken him to a Jamie Elliott where he is a dangerous forward that you have to play someone on him. Regardless of whether they're getting a kick or not, you have to still lock them down. So it means that maybe then an Owies or a Motlop or a Durden then gets a lesser like or a lesser matchup and can stand up. So that's what they need to be able to avoid a struggle this season and going backwards. I've got them third on the ladder. They play North Melbourne and Richmond twice, which is really positive. The other positive for them is last year they were eight wins, three losses and a draw away from home. They actually travelled really well. Now, they've got two of the Holland boys in now, haven't they? Two, yep. two classy players. Could one of those... Go forward. Yeah, could I still think? Elijah it, or yeah, I, st- I still think it's a wing, maybe a half forward. But yeah, look, they might be able to hit the scoreboard a little bit more though. Um, so yeah, there is some positives there. They were five wins and six losses at home last year, which is not that common for teams. So I feel like they'll be able to fix that up, which means that okay. they might get a couple more games. I've got them finishing in third position, which leads me to second position on the table. I've got last year's premiers, the Collingwood Magpies. <laughs> Oh, so it's going to be a replay of last year. You've got one well, two again. This is my home and away finish at the end of the minor round. So okay. not necessarily no. your grand finals. Correct. Uh, and so things can obviously change. Come, I'm going to allow myself to get closer to the finals before I pick the finals. But uh, I've got Collingwood finishing second on the ladder. And again, I've gone off a ladder predictor. Effectively, I predicted the rounds, and I had them finishing in second position. Now, why they can finish in second or even on top of the table is. I think people don't realise this. They actually had a much higher number of missed games to their best players last year than most sides did. 
which is remarkable considering they won the Premiership. McStay missed over 10 games. Howe also missed over 10 games. Darcy Cameron, the number one ruck, missed seven. Dugowie missed five. Nick Dacos missed four games. That is a, a decent core of their better players that missed a large chunk of their season last year. Again, I compare them to the Bulldogs. Their better players barely missed a game last year. And Collingwood won the flag and finished on top, and the Bulldogs didn't make yeah. finals. So what does that say about their depth and resilience? It says a lot about Collingwood, that culture, and that footy club. 18 of their grand final side have now played over 50 games as well. So just experience-wise and maturity, it is really good. And you know what? Nick Dacos isn't even in one of those 18 players. So the upside there and the experience in this Collingwood side is greater than what people realize. And it does make a difference at the end of the day. And they picked up Lockie Shields. Without a doubt. I haven't even mentioned Lockie Shields. It's a huge addition. We know what. He's, he's again, another one like that Fantasia. You've got to put time into oh. it. But you've also got to put time into Bobby Hill. I, I love how they've got Jamie Elliott. I, I'm a big believer that the teams that win premierships are not the teams with the best key forwards all the time. It's the other periphery, medium size and small forwards that make a real difference come the finals. While they might struggle, well, it's probably their health. If those guys miss again, they were able to cover it last year. But it's also the key ruck. Well, Darcy Cameron is a is a good footballer, and so is Mason Cox, but they're not in the best eight to ten ruckmen in the competition. So, if you're playing against Collingwood, where can we potentially get on top? It's the centre square. If we can get a dominance there, they will be the hunted this season as well. They will be the team that everyone wants to beat. They're last year's premiers. I've got them in second position on the table, which leads me to the number one side at the end of the home and away season, the Brisbane Lions. I know that a lot of people are big on Brisbane this season and a lot of people have them on top of the table. We know that they could have won the grand final last year, lost by four points. While they can finish on top, Tom today has come in. Ashcroft will also be back, back yep. which will be huge for them. They certainly lacked him at the end of the year. And the improvement of Kitty Coleman, Jasper Fletcher, Wilmore, Devin Robertson, if you add the improvement of those guys to their 14 guys with experience who have played over 100 games away for footy. It makes up two-thirds of their side. Again, I've talked about list profile. Brisbane's list profile is as good as Carlton's. They are ready to go. They are cherry ripe. I've got them finishing on top. They didn't lose a game at home last year. I'm not sure they will again this season. Uh, They have a really tough draw. But again, I think they're the best, equally the best team in it. So they'll be able to negate that. While they might struggle, well, we've seen teams struggle to back up after a, after a grand final loss. Not not so much when they've lost a close one when it's been a little bit bigger. But there can be an element of mental exhaustion, and that can be a real challenge for players and for teams. I don't think we're going to see that with Brisbane this year. I don't think there's many weaknesses in this side. I think Big O's come on into a pretty good Ruckman. So they're a pretty reliable side. And I've got Brisbane finishing on top of the table at the end of the season. And they've got so many attacking options, haven't they? You can throw Rayner down there. you got Hipwood. you got you got big guys. you got small guys. McCarthy plays his role. Charlie Cameron's probably the best small forward. It's a super point. I made the point about Collingwood, how medium forwards and small forwards, especially come finals time, are so valuable to kick you those goals. You mentioned Hipwood and Danaher. They've got McCarthy, Rayner, Charlie Cameron, as you said, Zach Bailey. Oh. Those guys, as they did in the grand final, can kick 10 goals between them, and you don't even need your big guys yeah. to kick the goals. That's the difference between Brisbane for mine and Carlton with where I've got those teams at the moment. It's amazing, Dan. Round one last year, we called was Port Adelaide playing Brisbane here. Brisbane yes. led at quarter time by two or three goals, got beaten by seven. You think, oh, Brisbane are gone. But it's over a season. It's over 23, 24 rounds, and, and 
that squad you mentioned, they're not going to lose too many games at home and they'll win a lot of games away. So I think you've covered that one pretty well. So Brisbane I've got on top. I had Collingwood in second and Carlton in third. So that is my 18 that I've done. Uh, Wilds is going to give his top eight tomorrow night. So from the top, just go through from 1 to 18 now that you've finalised Yep, it. so I've got Brisbane. This is at the end of the home and away season. Brisbane finishing on top, Collingwood second, Carlton, GWS, Sydney, Melbourne, Port Adelaide, and Gold Coast rounding out the top eight. They got a great draw. Adelaide in ninth, St Kilda in tenth. I could be a little bit down on them with how good they look. Geelong in eleventh, the Bulldogs twelfth, Fremantle thirteenth, Essendon fourteenth, Richmond Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and West Coast to win the wooden spoon. So, how big a game is it for Adelaide playing Gold Coast? Massive away round one uh, again. Around yeah, it yeah it's round, round one. one. You, you can't uh, overestimate round one. It always happens, but it it is a huge game. Like I know it sounds silly, but we might look back on it at the end of the season and say this team made finals because they won that extra game in round one. Yeah, probably your two hardest teams you've you've left out, and you can make a case, or maybe even three, but to the Bulldogs and Adelaide. They could quite easily get in. Perhaps St Kilda, St Kilda oh. second year under light, who had a lot of injuries last year. They didn't did. They? I like what St Kilda's done with their list profile. They got inside players that maybe aren't the best midfielders, but I love what they've done on the outside in adding Henry and adding Brad Hill, Sinclair, Wangan, and Malira. They got Owens and Butler at half forward. Their outside run, I think, is what is a real real feature for St Kilda this season. Well, it's been a big day in sport. If you didn't hear the new Sam Powell Pepper four games, that's what Dan called. I thought I was hoping for three for him, but he's going to have to change his ways if he does get done again it might be even more and he's going to miss the first four games of the proper season for Port Adelaide here's a quick community update thanks to Firecoat be alert and prepare this bushfire season stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with South Australian Country Fire Service visit cfs.sa.gov.au this community update is thanks to the new Firecoat the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions available. Bunnings Warehouse, the new fire coat. 8.30 tomorrow morning, New Zealand and Australia start. Will you be watching from Ball 1? I'm, I might, actually. We, we play golf at 11 o'clock on, on Thursday. Money time I, I do play golf, but I'll be a keen watcher. So win the toss, you reckon. And, and it's bowl. on SEN too. So if you can't watch it, tune in to SEN and you'll hear every ball live. Fantastic night as always, Dan. Really enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow night. Chase Jones will join us uh, tomorrow night too. Dan Menzel and David Wildey. This is Sports Day Home. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers.